the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Excuse me. Good morning. Good day. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Every now and then, the voice doesn't quite warm up correctly. Oh, getting older stinks. Need to get on to this and uh, do my thing, so to speak. 800-516-1220. Teacher calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. We can talk about stock markets. We can talk about economies. Um, businesses. The future. 5G in the future. Sometimes it gets a little repetitive, so you do have to branch out and talk about insurance. Boring. Taxes. I don't really talk taxes. Not my thing, and it's also not a good idea. It's not a good practice. People get mad at me when they email me. They're like, hey, can you tell me what my tax rate's going to be? I'm like, I don't do taxes, and legally, it's a really bad idea for me to even pretend to manage your tax gains and losses and appreciation and depreciation uh, levels, and it's just not a good idea. Uh, but that's people for you. People always think, you know, get to work for them for free. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, just because. Is that why the stock market went up yesterday? Just because. Is that why it's going to go up today? Just because. There's a trend right now. And that trend has yet to be broken by anything decisive. Anything leading anything fashionable we're just melting up um, i've seen this period lead to a lot of malaise a melting up and i've seen it lead to a market correction uh we're pulling in a lot of gains for the year early in theory in theory some people would say we're catching up to valuations based on last year's news i want to say that morgan stanley had a good quarter and goldman did not have a good quarter yesterday Taiwan Semiconductor did too. You know what Taiwan Semiconductor does? You know those little Easy Bake ovens? I was fascinated with those as a kid. Um, my family was all boys until really late. Then it, well, yeah, okay, yeah, it was. I guess maybe I did know my sister went to Easy Bake oven. I guess she was around because I was fascinated with them, like at eight, nine, ten, and she's eight years younger than me. But I always wanted an Easy Bake oven. Um, and I don't know why. It just seemed like a great idea. Like, I can make myself an apple strudel after school. Uh, keep in mind that microwaves were invented way before I was born, but they became commercial in my lifetime. And I'll tell you, when microwaves became commercial, or commercialized, or big business, people would buy them. And I love this period of America. My dad would get by my mom in a microwave for Christmas. Not exactly the right tone, Dad. Uh, but I remember friends coming home from school and like making a hot dog in a microwave. They'd, like just nuke it for fifteen seconds. 
It's like, okay, I got it, I got it. So what does Taiwan Semiconductor do? This is where it all got into the Easy Bake Oven thing. They bake semiconductors. So look at the speaker. Look at your car you're driving right now. You know how many semiconductors are in that thing? Look at your headset that you're wearing in radio or the microphone you're talking into. Semiconductors, semiconductors. Look at the airplanes you're flying in. Semiconductors and jet fuel. Which, for the record, don't drop jet fuel on elementary school. Did y'all see that? The pilot said he wasn't going to dump his fuel, but then he had to dump his Then he did dump his fuel, all because the plane was supposed to go like something like L.A. to Australia. And then once they got up, like they're like, we better dump some fuel and go back. Could you imagine being on a playground and having fuel dumped on you? Or, or, or. And if you do it high enough, it just dissipates. But that's also one of the reasons you get things like life insurance. Because you, you can't even make that up. If a book started or a movie started with kids are playing happily on a playground, look at the seven-year-old boy bouncing a ball. Whoosh! Jet fuel falls on them. People would be like, that's kind of unlikely. So Taiwan Semiconductor had a good quarter. As semiconductors go, in theory, so goes technology stocks. Semiconductors tend to lead the group because if you're making lots of semiconductors and cooking them in uh, easy-bake semiconductor ovens like Taiwan Semiconductor sells, then it's probably going to be some more product out there, right? So this isn't this difficult. Signet Jewelers shared some encouraging holiday sales data replete with raised earnings per share and same-store sales guidance. I'm not a big jewelry guy. I'll be honest with you. Um, I've never, ever bought custom jewelry in my life for a loved one. (laughs) I'm not a big jewelry fan. In the end, it's just a shiny rock or a a pretty bauble. I know, I know you're saying it it would help your romance if you did just a little bit. Senate's expected to vote on ratifying the USMCA. Ooh, boy. That's another encouraging headline. That's the United States-Mexico-Canada agreement. And I don't know the word correctly. There's a word close to cacophony. Cacophony. That's like super loud noise, but there's a panoply of good economic news right now. Listen to this. Panoply. That was a uh, SAT word. Senate's expected to vote on ratifying the USMCA today. That's good news. Retail sales increased three-tenths of a percent month-to-month in December. Retail sales excluding autos jumped seven-tenths of a percent. Pretty broad-based. Areas where it struggled, auto parts and department stores. Initial claims for the week ending January 11th. You've been fired. Now go claim your initial first-time unemployment. They hit 204,000. Um, that's a good number. You know, if you listen to me weekly, you know it's kind of a bit of a repetitive story. But if we have jobs, we have paychecks. If we have paychecks, we have an economy. If we have an economy, we typically have a stock market. The federal Fed index out this morning jumped to a 17 rating upwardly revised in last month and that's encouraging an uptick in new orders companies don't order office desks and office furniture and televisions and computers and air conditioning units they don't order equipment unless they plan to use it in theory 
Although I bought an iPad for Christmas, and I still haven't logged into it. I think I could have done without it, you know? It's just I've been traveling a lot more lately and uh, going to see my mom. My mom's getting older. Uh, family. Got to do it, so iPad's helpful. Airlines have gone from no TV screens to bring your own dang iPad. <laughs> I'm like, I'm good with that. Instead of some filthy, dirty, nasty TV screen in front of me. So Tesla is lower today. Okay, Tesla has been a boom, 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 I'm going to the moon. Run. And it's been a big one. Biggity, 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 big. Um, it's had a great 90 days. And now it's the most shorted stock on Wall Street. In the end, the analyst who was talking about it today said it's an underweight. And he has 20, 30 numbers on the company. 20, 30 numbers? Wait, 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 wait. It's 2020 right now. We're in the year of the optometrist. He's, he's projecting out 10 years of sales? That's insane. It looks cheap on a 10-year basis. Well, from 40 feet above the sky, you look pretty good looking, and you don't need to go to the gym, but we all know the reality. We need to go to the gym. 10-year guidance. Little fits and tantrums. I'm Rob Black. Have my own little tantrum. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Big seminar coming up in February. See you there. Listen to the commercials. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. A lot of big headlines coming out of Washington, D.C. with the impeachment trial beginning. From everything that I could see from analyst reports, Wall Street's not that stressed about the impeachment, much like Wall Street wasn't that impressed or even paid attention to the Clinton impeachment. I, I, I can't say that for definitive. I, 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 my knowledge of politics and the ramifications in the short term, inch deep, mile wide. Now, I could talk to you about some other issues. The headlines don't seem to be moving Trump. Uh, Trump headlines don't be, seem to be moving the markets up or down right now. Um, Southwest Airlines. This is a headline that, oh boy. First and foremost, it looks like Boeing had a culture of covering things up. There's been emails leaked and shown to the press of Ethiopian Airlines asked for some training. Maybe it may have been Indonesia Air. And some Boeing some training in the um, simulator and some Boeing employees refer to them as stupid. <laughs> and like, uh Oh, that one came back to bite someone, but the culture seems to be messed up. So they fired their CEO or he resigned or both bring in someone new. He's going to say, we're going to do things right. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Now here's the problem is the Boeing issue, the 737 max two, two planes crashed. And it turns out that it looks like the flight control systems were problematic or buggy or not easy to use. I'm not quite sure the term that we want to use right now. But Southwest came out today and said, we're grounding the 730 MAX jet at least through June 6. We only have so many jets and planes out there, and we have to figure out our air schedule. I was supposed to go to Denver. Uh, well, I did go to Denver earlier in 2019. And uh, it's a Southwest 737 MAX plane, and it said it right there on the ticket, or right there on the ticketing. 
and uh, they contacted me a week later and said, hey, that, that 7 o'clock flight, we can't do it. It's going to be an 8.30 flight now. Uh, we had to find a, you know, airplane to put you on, so to speak. That's cool. That's cool. But Southwest is grounded the 737 MAX until June 6th. Now, what is June 6th? This is where problems will start to get even worse for Boeing, and even worse in theory for Southwest. It's the summertime. Some, some, summertime. That's when we travel. June 6th is the line in the sand now. I own no shares of Boeing. I came really close right around Christmas time of picking up some shares. Legally, I don't like to put myself in a situation where anyone can criticize me. I'll let my record speak for itself. So when I say this, I mean this. If I talk about Boeing today, I can't buy it or sell it. If today's Thursday, I can't buy it or sell it till Friday, Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. Um, I don't front run. I have a history of like being clean. I can't say that for everyone in radio and television. There was one guy many, 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 many years ago when I did a national show. wasn't the nicest guy, and you could kind of tell that the way he was marketing himself and the way he was pitching, like, I'm smarter than you, and if you don't give me your money, you're going to go to zero. I don't like that sales tactic. But uh, one time he got out of his car in New York, and a uh, homeless guy, was, not a homeless guy, a uh, low-income person. Uh-oh, going to get a letter about a homeless person. Someone without a job comes up to his car and starts wiping his windows. And uh, he gets out of the car and hits him. And I'm like, you're not Mr. Sweet Nice Guy. And it's kind of interesting because uh, not too long he got arrested for a felony. He's out of the business. He's out of the business. He's not in radio. He's not in television. He does nothing. He got arrested for a felony with his wife on fraud of ripping off couples. And what's interesting about it is everyone knew I didn't like the guy. So people around the country will send me articles on him now. They're like, hey, look what happened to him. That's kind of fascinating, isn't it? Tesla saw vehicle registrations in California cut in half. Now that stock's going on a major tear. But the federal tax credits have dried up. Significant drop. Significant drop. Significant drop in federal tax credits. They're not totally dried up, but pretty close. Um, 50% fewer registrations. Because like Tesla's a big deal in California. No one cares about it in Iowa. In Iowa, if a Tesla comes to town, they're like, Whoa! Did y'all guys see that alien mobile? And uh, they don't like it. Because they can't tell if it's an American car or if it's a foreign car. And in certain pockets of the United States, it is no cool to be driving a car made in another country. I'll tell you what, man. I went to a, a parked in a, like a, a shopping mall at a, a Western Pennsylvania. So there's two sides of Pennsylvania. There's the Pittsburgh side and there's the Philadelphia side. The Philadelphia side is considered probably more liberal, closer to the water. The Pittsburgh side is probably considered more uh, blue collar. Close to Ohio, and that's where a lot of like you know, air conditioner manufacturers put together diesel engines and things like that. Um, but in the parking lot, I did not see one car that said Toyota on it. And I probably walked by maybe 100 cars, or maybe let's not exaggerate and say 40 to 60. But Western Pennsylvania, they don't mess around, they buy them, they put their money where their mouth is. And I go, I'll take something that's convenient and increases my productivity. I'll take Nike's made in Asia. I'll do Toyota's made in the United States, but profits go back to Japan. Um, I don't have a lot of loyalty, per se. 
uh, I have it to the brand and the product and not necessarily to the country. And that doesn't make me a, a traitor, but I'm going to be quiet because I may be put up on charges of betraying the country. Netflix is collaborating with Ben and Jerry's. Get this. This is beautiful. It's a new ice cream flavor called Netflix and Chilled. <laughs> Netflix and Chill is a thing. It's a term. And it kind of is loosely defined as millennials hanging out and watching TV, usually with members of the opposite sex. And usually with like, hey, instead of going out and spending a lot of money on a date night, let's do a date night on the couch. So the new flavor mixes pretzel swirls and fudge brownies and a peanut butter ice cream. That's an odd combination. Ben and Jerry's and Netflix. (coughs) I get that Ben and Jerry's wants to take advantage of the chill angle because they have the ice cream component. Um, And I guess we're talking about it, so there's something there. But Netflix is kind of corporate. Ben and Jerry's is kind of hippies. I don't see that, but who cares? Nike's Vaporfly shoe reportedly is set to be banned by World Athletics. It is a shoe that gives runners an advantage. Now, that's the best press release that Nike could ever have. So you can't use the shoe in Olympic competition. But I can use the shoe for, like, chasing down my grocery cart or, you know, uh, walk into the gym and then deciding now nah, I'm going to turn around because it looks the, all the machines are busy. But Nike's Vipe, Vaporfly shoe is set to be banned by World Athletics. That is the best news possible in the world of PR. Remember when they say uh, bad news is good news? That's, that's bad news is good news. The Vaporfly has been worn by both men and women in recent record-breaking marathon races. And they're saying, eh, we got to get that out. It's, the shoes are juiced. They're that good. That's crazy, isn't it? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Big seminar coming up in February. You can find out more at robblackshow.com or the commercials. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Let's talk FICO scores. I want to say that as you hit the latter stages of your life, you don't really care about credit scores as much, but I don't really know. A, I'm not in my latter stages of my life. I'm still using credit. But I've seen people more obsessed with their credit score than they are with how much they have in their 401k. It's an odd thing. 401k, the 403b, the 457, your investments, your savings, your nest egg, whatever you want to call it, you're going to live off from 60 to 100. And so screen me supplement a couple shekels here and there. Um, but credit scores have got people kind of a little crazy. A little cray cray. So let me give you an example of where I see credit scores as being super important. You don't want to mess things up in your 20s. You don't have to get it right in your 20s. You just don't want to mess it up. Stay away from bankruptcy. Stay away from late payments. Stay away from defaulting. You're going to be okay. You're going to want to buy a car. You're going to want to buy a house. You're going to want to get a job, maybe an apartment. Um, Did I say house? I probably did. And that's where credit scores are going to be important. Now, a good credit score is awesome. A great credit score is amazing, but it's not the end-all, be-all, and they can be fixed and improved. 
And there are ways for you to leverage the system so that a weak situation like a missed payment could be managed properly. For instance, if you've got a bad credit score, and let's say your circumstance was you were going through a messy divorce, and both of you decided to beat each other up emotionally and physically, but also financially. So you both go run up credit cards, and then you don't pay the bills, and you're like, ah, her name's on it. Ah, I just got a new suit for myself. I'm going to go, ah, ha, ha, ha. I'm going to go on vacation look good. Oh, by the way, there's a big, big mail. Um, let's search for the word correctly. Let's search the word correctly. There's a big mail um, enhancement of uh, image and plastic surgery movement going on. In Silicon Valley, of course. <clears throat> I grew up in a world where at least I knew Harrison Ford was relatively good looking at 60. Don't like the earring. But that men didn't need plastic surgery or didn't do it. And they were just like, oh, we age gracefully. Not all of us do. I aged like a glass of milk. <laughs> Not well. So, talking a little bit. I'm just a little sidetracked about men spending big dollars on cosmetic surgery. For the record, I don't. I'm not a big fan of cosmetic surgery for anyone. But if you want it, good for you. Um, I just you gotta save for retirement first before you get your lips puffed up. Millennials' average FICO scores increased 25 points since 2012. That's pretty interesting. So 2006, 7, 8, 9, 10, some people probably got into some financial problems. So when you see an increase of 25 points since 2012, that's not, you know, all that. It could have been just from really low levels, right? The average credit score was a record-breaking 703 in 2019. Do you know your credit score? You should have an idea. Oh, Kim Kardashian showed off five new refrigerators in her house this week including one with just bottles of water. I'm not not a fan. Not a fan, but I'll leave it at that. Okay, let me open my apps. I'm going to Credit Karma right now. The average credit score, 703 in 2019. Let's see if I beat it, or let's see if I'm a disaster. Do, 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 do. Um, it's taking too long. <laughs> I'll come back to it when it's done. The internet today, not, oh, there it is, um, 778. So the average is 703. So I can walk around and, like, stick my chest out, crow a little bit. Crow! Because <clears throat> I'm 75 points better than the average. Millennials have achieved a 25-point increase since 2012. The average age Americans are reaching credit score of FICO 700 is the lowest it's ever been at age 54. <clears throat> the spike in millennials' credit scores can be attributed to many entering the workforce, advancing in their careers, achieving life, sto- life milestones like buying a home or a car. A good credit score is 670 to 739. And again, where were we? 703? So we, we're good credit. But again, standards have been loosened. And some of the punishments for past mistakes have been uh, nerfed. I think is the term. So we take the sting out of it. A good credit score, 670 to 739. And they'll get you the best rate on a mortgage or an auto loan or a credit card. But for me, a good credit score, I may hire you. 
if if I saw that you had 10 years of, of paying your bills on time, I like that. Way better than asking, so what do you want from this job? Um, if I see that you've never been kicked out of an apartment, a lien thrown on you, and a bankruptcy, uh, three straight months of a bender where you ended up not paying any bills, I ain't going to hire you. Or I may not. <clears throat> the average FICO score in the United States, 703. Millennials average score up 25 points since 2012. The older you are, the higher your credit score. That's interesting. The silent generation, which is a generation, I don't like saying it because it sounds creepy. 74-year-olds and older is the silent generation. They have the highest credit score with a 756. I'm even better than them. Sweet. I don't stress about paying my bills on time. I just pay my bills on time. Generation Z has the lowest credit score at 677. Uh, Some quick tips on your credit. If your credit score is less than stellar. Make on-time payments going forward. Payment history is the most important factor in your credit score. Pay in full. While you should always make at least your minimum payment, pay your full bill every month to reduce your utilization rate. That is your total credit card balance. Divide it by your total available credit. I pay my balances off every month. I've not paid an interest charge on credit cards in at least, or late payment or anything like that, in at least 25, 28 years. So that's a good thing. Keep in mind, if you open a credit account or, let's say you decide like tonight, I'm going to become the points king, the king of of airline points or hotel points. I'm going to figure this all out. I'm going to go on free vacations that get me even more free vacations with the points I got on my free vacation. I've been guilty of doing that once or twice where I'm like, I'm going to Hawaii. I'm going to find the best Hawaii credit card for, and then I open it and I'm like, oh, I didn't see the one line, the one detail in the contract that, that is a deal breaker for me. So I instantly close the account and it's like, what did I just do? So you don't want to open up too many accounts at once. I don't know if you want to open up accounts like at one in the morning, because maybe that makes you look a little weird. Uh, or desperate, or inebriated. But um, don't open up too many accounts. If you open up too many accounts, they're going to go, hey, why is this guy who's making $15 now or suddenly looking to open up three credit cards? And maybe in your head you're like, I'm going to buy my honey. I'm going to buy my honey a diamond ring. And you open up a credit card because you know you can't afford the big rock and the big chunk of payment. So you get a MasterCard. And then you get to the jewelry store, and they're like, oh, if you open this up today, we'll give you a free bobble. Earrings to go with your diamond rings. You're like, well, I should do that. And suddenly you've opened up $40,000, $50,000 of credit, and your credit score drops, and it's because you could potentially get into trouble. So credits, I don't want people to get too freaked out by it. Credit Karma is a good app. It's a solid app. I don't think my... Credit information has been scammed or stolen through it. And in fact, because they alert me every single time a new account is open, it's a good thing. Or if my utilization rate goes higher, they alert me. So it's kind of like a credit monitoring service without it officially being a credit monitoring service. 
Burger King makes the Impossible Whopper cheaper by including the value meal. 2019, I got hit on the head with a brick called Beyond Meat. Of course we knew about non-meat alternatives. One year, uh, this really stank. I was in love with a woman named Juliet. And when we fell in love, we were both foodies. We enjoyed going world traveling and great restaurants. And then she became a vegan. And it just changed the terms of our relationship where I eat meat and she does not. I like to cook meat and she does not like to eat meat. But uh, 2019 was a year that I think it became a legit, very MC Hammer, too legit, too legit to quit. 2018 veggie burgers, they were cute, but their taste wasn't good. So we've kind of tinkered with it. Burger King said today that they're going to add its plant-based Impossible Whopper sandwich to two popular items. Uh, the two items were 6 bucks. They're trying to hit customers with more affordable options and not necessarily the most expensive. Um, but McDonald's last week got into Canada with more vegan burgers made by Beyond Meat. Plant-based foods are still more expensive on average, so trying to get them into that value dollar menu, very, very difficult. But Burger King was one of the very first fast food chains to introduce a plant-based option, and we've been talking about it. In theory, an Impossible Whopper is about a buck or two bucks more expensive than a regular Whopper, but they want to saturate. They want to win mindshare. They want to be the first one there. So we're going to lose a little bit of money on this one. Get you in the store. They'll make it up on a Coca-Cola or something like that. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I've got big plans for 2020. I'm going to wrap up doing all this financial guru stuff sooner than later. I still have some good ideas that I can pull off. 82% of consumers have never bought anything. 82% of consumers have never bought anything directly through social media. And that same exact number of consumers responded the same way in 2017 and 2016. So um, a lot of people are unfamiliar with buying the product through social media. Mark Zuckerberg wants to change that. YouTube influencers want to change that. For context, the top 500 retailers earned an estimated $6.5 billion through social shopping in 2017. And it's growing. Interesting note. Bring in CFP Chad Burton. He's going to be with me at the seminar in Palo Alto in early February. You can listen to him here and decide if you want to show up. Chad? Items of insurance, and you tell us what they are and why we need them. Okay. Let's start with gap insurance. Yeah, yeah. Gap insurance is extremely important because I think we all know that if you drive a car off a lot, you buy a new car, you drive it off a lot, it immediately depreciates. It's definitely a depreciating asset right away. So when you drive a car off the lot yep. and you get in a wreck and you're not insured with gap insurance, then you know you, the car gets totaled. You might owe the bank thirty five thousand dollars. 
and the insurance company might cover $30,000, even though it's a new car that you just drove off the lot. So gap insurance kind of covers that. It's important, especially on leases when, uh, you know, you're paying a flat rate, but the car is depreciating pretty rapidly. So gap insurance covers you. And I had a personal situation with this, um, in college where I was on the hook for a thousand bucks after my car was totaled and they paid off the bank and I owed a thousand bucks. Not a fun bill to get when you're in college. I hear that. It seems unfair too. Let's talk life insurance rate changes. Yeah, so this uh, has to do with people that have bought life insurance as an investment in the past. And for the 99 percenters out there, this is a horrible idea. For the one percenters, you got a lot of income, you're maxing out everything else. Sometimes it can be a, a good idea if you work with the right person. But most people that bought policies in the 80s and 90s, the interest rates have dropped and the cost of mortality and expenses, which is kind of the overall cost of insurance inside the policy have gone up. So your policy is probably not performing anywhere close to where it was when the agent sold it to you and showed you this great illustration of that. Hey, if you dump all this money in the cash value, you'll be able to pull on a tax free in retirement. It's probably way behind what they said. So you, there's, there's ways to fix it. Um, you need to ask for an enforced illustration. You need to consult financial advisor that doesn't get compensated for commissions by selling you stuff so you can get a true outside opinion, but ask for an enforced illustration. See how long your money's going to last at this point in time based on rate changes that have occurred in life insurance. How about disability insurance? Disability insurance is, is so much more important, Rob, than life insurance in terms of statistics. Um, it's way more likely that you're going to spend some time disabled, whether you're like my wife who broke her ankle and couldn't nurse for over a year. Um, it, you know, it's, it's very, very likely that you'll spend some time. So if you don't have good emergency reserves and some disability insurance coverage, um, you could end up ruining your credit and then ruining your life by having to pay for more than any, than the average person for cars and homes and things like that. Or even your, your credit gets so bad, you might not even be able to rent a home. So you have to cover yourself with disability insurance. Usually the, this is one where life insurance is usually cheaper to go get it on your own. Disability insurance is usually cheaper when you get it through your employer. Um, and there's other things out there. If you, if you can't afford a full on, Hey, I'm covered till I'm 65 type of policy, then maybe it's, uh, you know, Aflac type policies that are more shorter term or cash in your pocket coverage. If you break a leg, uh, things like that. So, so definitely look at disability insurance as more important than life insurance because you've got to be able to keep food on the table. Even if you're, if you're injured, we've got about two minutes left. How about key man insurance? Yeah, key man insurance is huge for businesses. So if you have a business where you have one key sales guy, um, you know, somebody that handles all of the finances, the CEO, um, the founder of the company, something that where if that person goes away, there's a significant drop in revenue or value of the company. You need to cover that person. You have to cover that person. You have to be aware of that. Um, when companies are, are younger and they still need the coverage, then term insurance usually makes sense. But if it's going to be a company that's going to be around a long time, then they have to sometimes go to more of a permanent policy. And that's something that businesses should review and it should be part of the sell agreement between owners. That's more buy sell insurance. Um, so every good, Every good business agreement, every good partnership has an exit strategy. So that could also be disability key man insurance as well. 
um, and by mean exit strategy, it's either you get in a fight, here's what happens if you need to split up. If somebody's disabled, somebody gets divorced, somebody has, is, dies, here's what happens. And a lot of times you need insurance to fund that so the company can continue to operate on the same cash flow. Got about 30 seconds quickly, umbrella insurance cheapest form of coverage before you worry about LLCs and all that other stuff. Uh, 350 bucks for a million dollars of coverage. So two times your net worth, maybe minus some retirement account values is what the formula is to, to get umbrella coverage. Call your property casualty insurance agent today and get that coverage. It's cheap. Thanks very much. It's CFP Chad Burton. If you have questions, he can be found at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Big questions. Big questions remain about 2020. Will Libra launch in 2020? Facebook's cryptocurrency. Will China launch a digital currency? Will Amazon expand point-of-sales financing across its site? Contactless payments, will they pick up? Spotify will grow to 25% of the global podcast listening market. Lots to think about in 2020. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.